Hey everyone, you're listening to Frankly with Faith. And of course, I'm your host, Faith Tomlinson. So I know I've been MIA and a lot has happened since the last episode. Steven is home. Yay! (laughs) This will be his last time in Houston before I move to permanently join him in Saudi. And, you know, just as soon as he got in, we hit the ground running with lots of to-dos and preparation for the move. So we've been really busy, but we wanted to take the time to catch up with you all, have you meet Steven, and just keep you in the loop with everything that's going on. So welcome, Steven. Thank you for having me (laughs) in my own home. (laughs) You're such a dork. In your own home? In our home. I know. Turn a phrase, but... Anyway, uh, happy to be here, and thank you for having me on your podcast. What do you think of the setup? Uh, it's uh, it's more professional than I uh, had anticipated, uh, but I should have known from uh, the Amazon orders that I saw coming through my account. <laughs> our uh, account. Well, yeah, our account. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's how I knew that uh, what was being ordered, but. Anyway, uh, it does look quite professional. So uh, that's because job. I don't half-ass anything. Well, okay, no, I take that back. That's because I don't half-ass a lot of things that I take seriously. Was well, that's because you don't half-ass some things? <laughs> that's probably the, the the final and most most appropriate. <laughs> don't be a dick. Which <laughs> means you acknowledge you half-ass some stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with a response. Proceed. (laughs) Thank you. Now that I have your permission. So you've been gone for over three months. So you had to travel back from Saudi Arabia to get back to your honey. So why don't you tell us all about that? Yeah, so uh, three months was intense over there. Um, A lot less due to... The actual country, which is what I expected, but more so with the uh, the job itself is uh, extremely intense. So I was extremely happy to come home. Um, to see me. Uh, yeah, I, all, all the above. Uh, to see you, to turn my phone off, to you know, turn off my email, to just kind of like close my eyes, get some unfettered sleep. So uh, I booked, as per usual, Turkish Airlines, because this was uh, this is where we got our points. We love Turkish Airlines. They are the bomb.com. Yep. Hashtag Turkish. So. Hashtag Turkish Airlines. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so coming back, uh, I got upgraded from Damam to Istanbul. To what? To business, well, business class, it was a five-hour flight, so there's no, like, first-first. But it was still nice and extremely comfortable. So I enjoyed that. And then I got to Istanbul. I immediately went to the airport hotel I was staying at. And I left my phone in the uh, taxi seat. What? Yes. So, and I knew I did it. It was a completely sober move. (laughs) 
But the long and short, I left it there, and I realized within, like, two or three minutes, but, I mean, how do you find this guy? So that was tough. So <clears throat> then I said, oh, man, okay. Well, they'll bring it back. They'll bring it back. You thought the taxi driver was just going to bring your phone back? Well, I did. I really did. I mean, why Why not? You always see the good in people. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. So anyway, he... uh I'll give you the conclusion of the story. He didn't bring it back and has yet to bring it back. Uh, you don't say. So, but the whole thing, uh, the whole thing kind of flustered me and I only had like four hours in the hotel to sleep. And um, I talked to you uh, via email. Yeah. And then I did a conference call and then I still was just kind of flustered and I ended up leaving the hotel to go back to the airport. And I forgot my passport. So then I got, as soon as I got to the airport, before I even got out, I realized, I was like, oh man, here we go. That's really odd for you because you're, you know, you're the super duper traveler. And in the seven years that I've known you, you've never forgotten your passport. Yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a, it was a lapse. But like I said, I think I just was, I was a bit off from the whole phone thing. So I realized I was going to miss the flight. But I was hopeful. I went back. But uh, basically, there wasn't much hope. So I was delayed one day. Long story short, I came home the next day, was upgraded to business class, which was fantastic. I don't You're know such how. a little shit. Like, I just don't understand. You know, listeners, she says this, but I've flown so many thousands of miles in the economy class so it was pretty much just deserving but i don't know how i'll travel back with all those peasants well i mean some of my flights have contributed to the miles yeah but but i I did purchase those flights and you did them with me i i I did some some tough travel. I love how you said I purchased the flights. I mean, it's not like you you were doing some like cray business trips and you just like you could have some of the points. No, we were going on vacations, or I was going on vacation yeah. without you, and I flew Turkish. Okay, so I contributed to the miles that have accumulated. You are right. You are right. It is tough traveling, but uh, anyway, uh, I finally got upgraded. So. That's the end of it. So it should be interesting when I travel back uh, to see if I get upgraded again or if uh, if I'm back with uh, the poverty parade. Oh, my gosh. You sound like a pompous ass. Uh, no, it's just amazing. It just happens to you as soon as you get upgraded. <laughs> what, you your whole attitude changes? Like, forget these people. I'm not one of you no more. So... Now uh, you can't go back. You can't go back. Well, I hope just because I know it'll be more comfortable and enjoyable for you. It's a long flight. So I kind of do hope you get upgraded again. I just hope when I'm flying there, I get the same treatment. Because if I don't, you know, mama's not going to be happy. Yeah, maybe Turkish is racist. Really, Stephen? Maybe. (laughs) Are you serious? Why would you say that? I'm just having an interesting rift into the textures. Yeah, let's add that caveat, because if anything like that happened, that'd be even more of an issue. 
Well, if they hear this, they'll be more inclined to upgrade you because we'll be like, oh, shit. Like Turkish Airlines is listening to my podcast. Not yet. Oh, my gosh. So then you came home, finally, a day late and a dollar short. And then what did we have to do? Then we had to do medical. Medical exam. So for those of you who don't know, when you're getting a visa to certain countries, sometimes it can be extensive. And for Saudi Arabia, it is very extensive. The most. And so we had to go to do our medical exam at our doctor's office with our PCP, primary care physician. And we were there for over an hour, not because the exam itself took so long, but because even our doctor had questions. He couldn't believe some of the old eradicated diseases that we had to get tested for. So there were a lot of uh, testing orders that had to be worked up. And I will just say for me, the worst experience or worst part of this experience was two things. The amount of blood I had to give because... I'm I'm not ashamed to say this. I'm deathly afraid of needles. I hate it. Stephen finally saw it firsthand. And <laughs> I mean, I think you thought I was a little dramatic, but you know I don't like needles. Yeah, I will in, in her favor. Uh, now, she only got stuck once, whereas I got stuck twice. That's because you have shitty veins. <laughs> well, well, necessarily that's the case. But, uh, but it was... Uh, exorbitant amount of blood that they wanted they wanted like uh like 11 samples like 11 vials which to be honest i've given a lot of blood and i've done a lot of medical testing and that was a first yeah and then every time she would take off a vial and then clip on a new one it hurt i mean yeah so i didn't like that part hurt me so much but well okay you soft you, you were fine with getting stuck twice then yeah again because of your shitty veins Yep. So anyway, uh, that was a interesting thing. I mean, no. Nope, but the second part to that that I didn't like, and I know you didn't like. So to complete some of the test, we had to take home some um, testing jars, and I would say each of us had about what six to eight. Well, they doubled down on it. Uh, the woman wasn't too sure about all the tests, so she gave us twice as many so basically duplicated so i would say we each had eight yeah and so right. these testing jars that we had to take home were for the um how do i say this the stool sample for the poo so we were tasked with coming back home and putting poo in each of these testing jars to then bring back to the clinic the next day and it was the most disgusting thing. So our doctor's office also gave us this little poo container. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Oh, it's like receptacle that you place in the toilet that you then... It's like a poo collector. Okay. So then you put that in the toilet and then you sit on the toilet regularly and then this poo collector collects your poo and then you have to... It's like a bowl to shit in <laughs> so that you have a... a... You have a laboratory to then excavate your poop from. It is so nasty, y'all. So you poo in this bowl, and then you're supposed to scoop certain amounts of poo into each testing jar and then secure it and label it accordingly. And, I mean, it was was just gross. I mean, no one wants to be that close to poo, but I think you had a little worse time than I did. 
Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Two things. Uh, I had I had expressed the faith that I had done some some testing before and some like really really tough circumstances and some really disgusting bathrooms and different countries and so I was like, oh, it can be much worse. At least we get to do it in the comfort of our own home. But I don't know. I mean, it was a it was a bad poop day for me. <laughs> A bad poop day. Yeah, yeah. Is any day a bad poop day? I mean, I see where you're going with that, but yeah, this was a bad poop day. (laughs) And uh, it was just so much poop you had to fill into so many vials. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just felt like a poop scientist. Like, I was in there just like, (laughs) move this poop here and this poop. And then I ran out. You ran out of poop? Yeah, after like three or four vials. So I had to like hang out and then... I didn't know that. I uh, got another specimen uh, into the <laughs> poop collector, and uh, then I was able to complete with extras. So uh, no wonder it took you so long. But when I left, uh, I was I was quite traumatized. <laughs> you were. You were just like never again. I never want to do this ever again. Like it was a disaster in there or something. I didn't go well. I just didn't like having to do that with poo. And imagine if we had kids, like we, i.e., I, would have to then do that for each of our children. Ugh, gross. Not the children part, just collecting their poo to be tested. So, no, just to, to tell it, we would teach them how to do it. I would not let my child be responsible for pooing in the poo collector and then scooping their poo into each of the testing jars. Are you kidding me? I would think that would create more of a mess than me doing it myself for them. It's a learning experience. No, I'm not going to have our children try to scoop their own poo into the testing jars. I've been a teacher. I'm not taking that risk. And you can do it. Like I said, I would have been the one to do it. I know that. Let them do it themselves. Are you kidding me? That's good parenting. I was going to say, are you shitting me? (laughs) But up bum. Puns and puns and puns (laughs) around here. So, yes, we got all of our medical done, and so we're still waiting for all of the results because they test again for a lot of things. There was an eye test, a chest test, and then they test for things again that are cholera. What else was the other old one? I mean, I guess they think we're living in the 1860s. Yeah. Uh, Tuberculosis. Black lung. Yes. Like, seriously, they test for all of these things. And so then the doctor has to fill out this special form, and then he has to have a special stamp (laughs) that he has to put on this form, and we have to have two copies. It's just a lot. So we're waiting for all of our testing results, and just so you know, we are both completely clean, right? So far. Well, we're just waiting for the stool sample test. Yeah, well, maybe you got worms. Oh, my God. Maybe you got worms. You're the one who works abroad all the time. So the odds of any one of us getting worms is higher for you. Wow. That is nationalist. It's true. Oh, so there's only worms in other countries? That's not what I'm saying. Actually, that's exactly what you're <laughs> saying. I didn't say only other countries are where you can contract you get, worms. So you couldn't get worms here? We can't. You could get worms here. Our okay. doctor even told us stories of people who came in with worms here. He said, but all those stories were Boy Scouts for some reason. I guess the Boy Scouts is one of their things for eagle patches. <laughs> you gotta get to eat worms. You gotta get a worm patch. So anyway, we're we're close to being yes. done with the process. 
Yes. So then after our medical exam, we got ready to go to one of our favorite places, Shreveport, Louisiana, to go to the casino. Good old El Dorado. Yep. Dirty, dirty, three, one, eight. Is that the, the area code? Yes. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't a random number I associated with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we like Shreveport. Because Steven used to work in Shreveport, and when we first started dating, this was one of our first road trips. And I just fell in love with it as much as he had already, you know, fallen in love with it. And so we made a point to go back as much as we could and gamble, and we've always had a really great time. It's about, what, a four-hour, five-hour drive? Obviously, you can tell she doesn't make the drive very much, <laughs> but uh, it's three and a half to four hours. Um I- I wasn't off that far off. Five hours, you cray. But, uh, well, what we'd probably like to express about Shreveport is, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a shithole, but it's our shithole. And we enjoy it, and the food is brilliant. The food is so good. Um, The seafood there is so good. It's kind of like a lawless place, Louisiana in general. Um, I will say this. yeah, If you go to Shreveport... Every We went during the week to go to the casino because, you know, I'm not working right now and Steven's home to get all this done. So we went in the middle of the week and every time we were out in our car in Shreveport, there were just people walking and drinking and drinking <laughs> in the middle of the day, like at 11 o'clock, there were just people walking with bottles of liquor in their hands, open containers. And that's just not something in Texas. That's just not something you see. Especially, well, that's not something you see in the middle of the day that would be tolerated and permitted. Uh, someone would get their ass arrested quick, fast, and in a hurry. Right? I, I mean, I agree. Here it's more like, I mean, every state has their thing. Like, Louisiana maybe is booze. Here it's like guns. They're just Woo-hoo! firing from the head. Yeah. Well, shoot, where's your gun? Shoot yeah, first, ask gun. questions later. So no, it's a it's a fantastically reckless place, <laughs> and uh, we enjoy it. I mean, Louisiana is like this, like I said in general, but uh, Shreveport's like a different. It's like a different section of it. Uh, I don't know. It's a uh, we enjoy it. So anyway, we had a good time. We gambled some. Uh, okay, I we- think we had a good time. I think you could say that. All in all, I think we had a pleasant time, but I was very disappointed with our trip to the El Dorado because apparently it's under new management, so some things have really gone to shit. No? No, I agree completely. Like, so we had like two or three things that were like, I would almost say they're deal breakers with a lot of big places, which is... uh, it was almost like we got heckled when we tried to get uh, room service. <laughs> like, always an issue. They're like, no, we don't do it now. Like, what do you mean? It says 24 hours. Like, oh, yeah, that's a misprint. We need to reprint that. Or then we will order and say, no, we're not serving that now. Or then uh, I finally successfully ordered some spicy beef noodles, which I was uh, super excited about. And then I got a call back like 30 minutes later. They're like, and they said this specifically, which tells you it's Louisiana. She said, the Asian chef said. She did not say that. I swear to you. She said, the Asian chef said, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
to serve outside of the restaurant. So you can only come down here and have it. So I think we tried like on four times, four different occasions, and we struck out on all four. All of them. And never got room service, which is such a big upsell for any hotel, resort. So that was a huge disappointment. Yep. Agreed. Right? Yes, yes. Another one, small disappointment. Uh, we went to the Celebrity Lounge, which is still always a really cool spot. Yeah, we had New Year's there, yep. or we celebrated New yep. Year's there one time. I think two, three, three years ago, maybe we did New Year's there with good old Sagan. Yep, with Gunny. Um, and this time we went. We wanted to do some hookah. We had done some uh, most recently with Faith in in Istanbul, and she really liked it. So we said, okay, let's do this again. And it was horrible. I mean, it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> It was absolutely awful. It was water in the lines. Well, one, it took forever for it to come out. So clearly that was an indicator that they were having issues. And then I didn't, I don't feel like they used the right coals. There was a lot of problems. And then to be honest, the guy was really, he was really nice. Like he probably just didn't know how to do it or whatever. So this wasn't a big deal, but basically we took our, our five to 10 puffs and called that one a wrap. So, yeah, it was pretty bad because every time we would try to take a hit of the hookah, you would literally get water <laughs> in your mouth through the tube, which if you smoke hookah, you know, that's that's a no-no. And then we could take the tube, hang it upside down, and water would just drip out. So it was not good at all. And what was our other issue? Oh, the waitresses in the mm. casino. So if you gamble, you know you get free drinks while you're playing. And this was my big, this was, this was my biggest gripe because these waitresses didn't seem to have a care in the world, really didn't give a fuck whether they were serving people drinks or not. If you were playing more often than not, we would find them at the bar, just chit chatting amongst themselves. And God forbid one walk past you and you ask for a drink, then what'd you get in return? Attitude. No? Am I wrong? A-T-T-I-T-U-D. Did you just spell attitude? Sure did. Uh, I would say there's two points that are interesting about this because this isn't somewhere where you're paid minimum wage and not not to say they aren't paid minimum wage, but uh, where the the tip business isn't enough for you to be motivated. Uh, I think me and you were talking like the tips would be significant. Even if it's $1 per drink, I mean, you could serve easily 100 drinks in an hour. Like, this is, but they just didn't seem to care. And it was kind of, uh, eh, it was a little off-putting. The second thing that's of note. What? I mean, what would you say the general, of the ones you're talking that? I'm not doing that. The one you're I'm not talking doing that, that I've, nope, you didn't like. Nope. What was their like race? I would. Say? I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? Like, what was their race? The ones that of you, what? Of the ones that were getting the ones what? What are the, the ones? servers that you didn't like? I'm not going there. If you, my white husband, want honesty. to make that want to make that observation, go ahead and say it. Say oh, it, babe. She said. I did. No, 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 no. Don't said, you dare. No, no, no. You don't say. I said. But you make did your say. observation. Make your observation. Okay. She said. It just seems like, I mean, the white ones, they don't have no problems with the white girls. Black girls seem to be moody and they just want to this. And I told her, I said, 
it's sad, but it's perpetuating a stereotype. But they really, they just were in there. And unfortunately, that was the truth. The We got shitty service from the black waitresses. But when there was a white waitress in my section, I always had a drink and a bottle of water and it was never an issue. It's true. You just had to bring that up. I mean, I'm just saying in this case. I just feel like you always like to bring that up. Yeah, because obviously with me and you, mostly it's stories about how white people are doing bad things. I'm like, damn it. (laughs) You're right. White people doing weird shit. No, not just weird shit. I was continuing with a comma. Weird shit or dumb shit or creepy shit. Or crazy shit. Real horrible shit. Yeah, the horrible shit's in there too. I didn't hear you say horrible. Well, I have a skin. Why don't you say that statement? White people doing what? Yeah, everyone does horrible shit. Yeah. But anyway, the that's usually the uh, M.O. for us whites. So when you get this one chance So yeah, when I get my little chances, I like to be like, (laughs) Ooh, this bitch is being a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah. anyway, that was interesting. But all in all, um, we enjoyed each other, obviously. And had yeah, a good trip. because this time you finally made appointments for the massages ahead of time, like I always try to get you to do. But then you always normally say, "Oh, we'll just make an appointment when we get there." But this time, after six years of hounding you about it, you made it in advance. So, thank you. Yeah, and dinner reservation. So. Yes, we did have dinner and reservations at a very nice steakhouse where I completely killed a bottle of wine. And this steakhouse was a really great people-watching location because we saw a lot. Again, Louisiana is Louisiana. You can't, <laughs> you can't cover that under the cloak of steakhouse. But uh, so it's still just a, a whole mixed bag of interestingness. Like It was entertaining. People in suits, people in t-shirts, <laughs> people Jean in shorts. shorts. Ah, uh, you just had everything, but you still got your two hundred plus dollar bill. So, no, our, it wasn't that much. What are you? What are you signaling over there at two thirty? Two thirty three, which is cheaper than our normal steakhouse. I feel like I disagree. Um, well, either way, we had a good time. We That's did have a good nice. time. So you put all that effort into the trip and planning the things, and it was very nice. And I'm very appreciative of that. Hashtag, I'm spoiled. Remember that hashtag? Oh, I say it all the time. But you help create this monster and perpetuate it, so you can't be mad when I'm cutting you off. Then. When I expect certain things, I'm cutting you off. It's too late for that now. Well, I'll isn't it? Wasn't break. it Chris Rock who said like you can't go back? Like once you start doing that, say, men can't <laughs> go back sexually. Right. Women can't go back in life. Once you get that apartment in station, yeah. You're never gonna be like, mm. like who are these bitches over here? I got my own apartment. Like, then you get a guy with a car. It's like, ew, y'all taking the bus? All right, bye, bitches. <laughs> like, you can't go back in station. Men can't go back sexually. I can't wait to fly fly first class. Nope. Ah, right. you already said it. I agree. That's why everyone is bearing witness now. You just said first class forever. Cannot go back in station. Yeah. So until you get to first class, let's see. 
Pretty soon, these girls are going to be hounding on the pilot's door like, hey, excuse me, should I be flying? What? Because you're moving up in the plane. Okay. It's a bit of a stretch. Continue. Well, also, when you got home, you had some uh, surprises from moi. Yes. Uh, I had two very nice surprises. I had three very nice surprises. <laughs> yeah, that was because of a cold stare that was given to me. I didn't have my notes with me. So I, uh, the first was a, uh, uh, a nameplate for my desk. Uh, I started a, a new position with my company, so it was nice to have this, uh, this new nameplate kind of to signify something. Okay, it was a really nice nameplate. Okay, it's I, like I don't think I said else. Huh? Did I say that it was not? No, but you're just making it sound like this generic nameplate. It has like this frosted acrylic glass with this special wood, and it's very nice. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, even remotely implied that it was not nice, but anyway, it's very, very nice, mm-hmm. and I really like it. So I'm excited to put it on my desk. Because you're a boss. Yes, because I'm a boss. I almost thought about B-A-W-S-S. getting you a name. Yep, I thought about getting you a name desk plate that said B A W S E. Yes, Bob's. Bob's. <laughs> what else did you get? So then I got a a book about our beloved dog. He's not dead, you guys. He we just had to give him to a new family because we can't take him to Saudi. So yeah, so heart breaks every night. Miss that guy, but Faith was a. Uh, I guess, what's the word for that? She was um, thoughtful enough to put together a big book, uh, tons of pictures of me, him, her, me, him, her. Your dad. Uh, my dad shirtless with The him. dog. <laughs> it sounds like some weird porn fetish, but no, it's just uh, But anyway, um, it was nice. It's a nice reminder because we, we, do, we do miss Finley pretty Pretty bad. I mean, he's a special, special dog. But he was a kind of a big part of our life. So that's, this was a nice gesture. So I'll bring it back with me this time to Saudi and, you know, I'm sure I'll have a weird night. Were you just like crying and looking through the book? And... I didn't say that. Oh, we all know that that's going to happen. Okay. Well, you guys can connect whatever dots you want. What else did you get? Then, uh,. I got something which I think was a, a bribe. Um, I got some new shoes, which yeah? uh, Faith can tell you more about. No, you tell me about the shoes you got. Well, first of all. That I got for you. I thought that Louis Vuitton was one company, but now I'm finding out there's two companies. Oh, my goodness. Louis Vuitton and what? Louis Vuitton. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why is that funny? How is that wrong? Louis Vuitton and Christian Louis Vuitton. Exactly. See? I, I nailed it. I had no clue there was multiple companies. Um, so anyway, I got a pair of red bottom shoes. Yes! Do you like them? I do like them. Uh, I can definitely quote unquote stunt in them. But I do think that they were a small bribe. I don't understand how you think the shoes were a bribe. How were the shoes a bribe? 
I do think there's a bit of justification to get your shoes. What are you talking about? So, well, I mean, I got you shoes, I too. picked out your shoes first. Okay. I do like the shoes, and that's all that matters. And she likes her shoes. I love my shoes. So, there it is. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, it's... Uh, but we're like twinsies in our shoes. Yeah. Exactly, twinsies. <laughs> it's not lame at all. We just get matching... Uh, Family reunion t-shirts for the airport. Couples do that all the time. Get matching red bottom shoes. Oh, okay. I can't imagine the people watching I do when I see them and what I'm thinking, but... You don't even know that they're red bottom shoes. Well then, why the price tag? Steven, okay, we're not... That's That can be a whole nother episode. We're not going to go into high-end fashions and is it worth the money. Like, you missed that episode too late. Ah, moving on next. So, some other things that we've had to do while Stephen is home. We've had a lot of last-minute to-dos, getting a storage unit, um, meeting with our realtor and property manager, packing up things, throwing things away. You never know, like, how much you have to do to move until you have to move, right? I mean, yeah, obviously, because... Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> what is well, I mean, wrong with you? Of course, you? you don't know how much you have to do to move until you have to move because you know you don't think about moving. Well, even like if you're anticipating the move, you know what I'm saying. Once you start doing all the things, it just becomes a lot. And sometimes, sometimes, you just need the ignition source. I don't get wait. AKA me. To light a fire under your bum. So I didn't do anything while you were gone to prepare I, for this move? You know I did not say that. That's what you are implying. No, I'm implying. No, that is exactly what I you were implying. I think I illuminated that there is a lot of stuff to do in a place until you start to scratch the surface. But every time you emailed me a to-do, did I not do it? Absolutely. Okay. You did it. I just don't, I don't appreciate your implication. <laughs> That's not an implication. I'm just saying sometimes what you said, you don't realize how much. And then sometimes you're like, oh, well, I didn't realize how much. And then you see it. But I think we're making good strides now. Uh, we've accomplished a lot with storage units and all this. So we're moving forward nicely. Yes. And then sometime next week, Stephen will be flying back to Saudi without me. And then he'll get his permanent visa card, and then I will be joining him shortly there after. So we are really winding down in this whole process of huge life changes. Yeah, I think uh, I would say early May, we will both be permanent residents of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I like the, I like the sound of it, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's very exotic. Exactly. Like me. Yeah. Yeah, they've been waiting for you, so. <laughs> they know I'm coming. Yep. <laughs> They're going to roll out the red carpet for me. <laughs> you going to roll out the red carpet for me? If I'm allowed to. What do you mean? You know. You are picking me up from the airport. I am picking you up You should come airport. with a red carpet. All right. I'll bring my red carpet. 
And then as I'm walking out in my red bottoms, I can walk on the red carpet. Oh, perfect. Looks like we have a <laughs> fantastic plan. So I've explained several times that pretty much our whole entire relationship, we have spent, um, how do I say this? We've spent it apart, meaning you go away for work. Before you would leave domestically for several days, then several weeks, and then the last four years it has been for several months at a time. So I just want to hear from you, and maybe you can tell everyone, how has the distance and being apart, let's say 75% of the year, every year, affected you and us, do you think? Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's difficult. Um, there's pros and cons to everything, and sometimes we have a discussion and you will say, you don't understand, it's very lonely. And we both have different uh perspectives on this because as much as I understand why you're lonely because you're in the same position just without me that would represent loneliness but it is extremely lonely for me as well when I'm abroad I don't have any comfort system and just everything's foreign which just by the nature of the word, means uh, it's it's all different, and I don't have any of the comfort things that I'm used to. Now, that being said, I, I mean, I love to travel. I like the cultures that I experience, but, um, you know, it, it does at times get lonely. And, and to add to that, for the last three years before Saudi, was uh, I was working in the desert, which is like the epitome of loneliness. So... Uh, it was it was tricky, but uh, I mean, uh, I think we're both looking forward to kind of unioning and being together uh, in KSA, and I, I, I'm extremely I'm extremely excited about it. So, what exactly are you looking forward to with this new adventure? Actually, having someone to be there for my experiences. Um, instead of kind of experiencing them alone and relaying them back home, whether to you or my parents or whomever, to have a, you know, a support system where if I get home late, you're there, I have someone to give a quick dish to, um, there could be food waiting for me, um, some of it seems really like traditional general stuff, but at the same time, like it's just I haven't had that in a really, really long time, um, and I know that isn't undermining to you. So, I, I it'll just be nice to have someone there and help me with a really intense work position, and then I think both of us will will learn a lot and grow a lot. So, I'm pretty excited. Now, I want to say I don't disagree with you when you pointed out about it becoming more traditional with the with the gender roles. I acknowledge that, especially now that, you know, I didn't go back to work after Christmas break and in anticipation for this move because we thought I would be there a lot sooner. So I understand that expectation and 
I don't have a problem fulfilling that expectation because I am not working. I mean, I better be doing that, right? I mean, this compound is really nice. I know. I can't wait. So when I say compound, and, and I don't know if anyone has any experience or has seen uh, pictures of Western compounds in, in different, uh, I don't know, Eastern, Middle Eastern countries. But, I mean, this compound is essentially a resort. Um, now, no one's ever stayed at a resort more than a week or two, but... I mean, you got the nice pools and the bowling alleys and the squash courts and the ping pong tables and billiards and restaurants, store, salon, daycare, daycare, uh, clubhouse, Moroccan movie theater, bath, Turkish baths. Like you, you got it all. So, um, I guess we're we're meeting each other halfway. So, I think. Uh, I think we're both. I'm not sure what you meeting what you mean by that. We're meeting each other halfway. We're both getting a good outcome. So, I'm I'm getting the dinners and the the company, and the togetherness and the breakfast and the coffee, and a support system, and a brewmaster and head vintner, and you're getting. All of the support in this from me, but you're also getting a sweet locale while, you know, I have to be away for the day. Yeah, but not all of those services and amenities that you mentioned are free, so. Hmm. Okay. Well. Getting my hair done at the salon is not going to be free. I get it. But when was the last time you had a 30-second walk to get to your salon? Never. Or a massage parlor? Never. So. Pretty, pretty sweet for as both of us. For bo- I mean that for both of us. I mean, uh, we're living right on the Gulf, which is really cool. So, it sounds like you know you're so excited to have the love of your life over there. Yeah, yeah. For now, I am very, very excited. No, you did not pick up on any of that sarcasm. Oh, oh, you meant that sarcastically. Well, it doesn't sound like oh. what you're looking forward to is. Having your wife, life mate, and partner and when lover things, like over there with you system. more so. You're looking forward to me cooking and cleaning and just being there for you. Yeah. Well, I guess someone just joined the podcast because she didn't hear all the things like it's going to be nice not to be lonely, to have someone there that supports you, to have someone there to share with. That That's what love is to me is, is having someone to tell all my things about to experience these things together and not to do it alone so maybe we have different languages for it but that's me telling you i am very excited for you to be there besides breakfast making which i am also excited about they don't have bacon there though (laughs) turkey bacon okay yeah i know it's just not the same (laughs) it's just not the same (laughs) We so like ragingly carnivorous every time we come back home. It's like you eat it like you've just. I want to say every day that you've been home for breakfast, you've had bacon, and I've made bacon and eggs for you. Yep, and I sleep with it, and I put it over my eyes at night. <laughs> oh, but you you do realize the funny little things that you miss, and bacon, bacon is one of them. So is there anything that you're nervous or apprehensive about 
moving to Saudi or me moving to Saudi? Since you're already living in Saudi with me moving to Saudi with you. I mean, two things. I mean, one has already been highlighted a bit, which is uh, just the job is really intense. Um, now, I, I love challenges, so I'm as much nervous and apprehensive about it as I am excited about it. it it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of attention. Um, so, you know, this is just something. The second one is you coming and you adjusting and me dealing with you adjusting. Okay, why are you like smirking as you're saying this? Well, well, we've traveled a few times before. Don't eat. Well, that no. Okay. Okay, so, you know, we, we've had some, I don't know, just basic issues traveling. Yeah. And I'm talking about like Mexico or Italy, but this is to the Middle East, so it'll be a big, big culture shock. And I haven't been to the Middle East, but I've been to Turkey. Okay. So this will be to the Middle East. Um, and I just, uh, and it's, it's rightfully so. I mean, it's a big, big culture chain. And I anticipate some road bumps. Like, like what? Because I already know I have to wear an abaya. I already bought my no, first no, no, abaya. No, no, just not, not things that you just don't know. But uh, there's there'll be some sessions. Well, elaborate what you think. I think you'll have a few breakdowns, and that's understandable. About what though? Uh, I think the first one will probably be about friends and family. Oh yeah, for sure. I can see that happening. Uh, the second one might be about something simple, about some kind of food. Like I can't. <laughs> fucking have hidden belly ranch uh i don't know but um i mean it's to be expected like i said i've been i've been living more or less in the middle east for almost four years so i've i've gone through my sessions uh the only difference is i was alone so i'll be there to support you but uh it's gonna happen and i've already you're smiling about it though. Well, because i've i've already put them into the quota so when they happen they're gonna happen and that's fine so you mean that okay because when it when they happen i will play back this part of the episode for you to listen to so you can't hold it against me or be like you're going crazy i can't i can't deal with your shit no no i'm going to say that and you probably will be but uh i guess i just have to expect part of that uh it's just uh that comes with the territory so be first time moving out of the country. Uh, first time to the Middle East. First time to uh, a first, fully you said Muslim first time country. Leaving the country? No, oh. living out of the country. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. First time in a Muslim country, fully Muslim country. Um, first time in a kingdom. So there's just a lot of firsts, and I expect that that will be uh, an adjustment, which it should be. So, but I will. I feel like though. Even when you first delivered the news that this is where we were going to be moving to, I was gung-ho from Jump Street. I was all in, excited, was doing my research, reached out to some people that I know live over there in the Middle East, and I haven't given you any pushback into moving to Saudi. Right? 100% agree. 
I mean, uh, when I think a lot of women would have been like, oh my God, we can't do this. Da, 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 da. I agree. Uh, I think, uh, I think you've been fully supportive, if not excited. Um, and so that's why I don't want to misconstrue what I was saying. What I was saying isn't a complaint about you. It's just, uh, you and, and probably anyone else going through a lot of those firsts, just naturally it's going to happen. So, uh, that's not a fault by you. Uh, you've been very supportive and excited, and I think you'll ultimately really enjoy your experience. And uh, I think we both look forward to it for different reasons and similar reasons. And But uh, it's going to be nice. So Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think my first issue and biggest issue is going to be not having friends. Not that I have a ton of friends anyway, because I don't really like people. <laughs> yeah, you know, no one's going to murder all of your friends the second you leave here. I know, but I won't ha- they won't be readily available yeah. to hang out with and chat with. But you can still chat with them. If you're not hanging out with them anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean, well, I'm 33 years old. I'm not going out for girls' nights every week like I used to. So we're all grown, married, divorced, have children. You know, things change. But if I need someone or someone needs me... We're all right here. I agree. I just wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't harp on it because I think uh, a lot of it's like a, a, a pseudo crut and you won't, you will have less of a problem with that than you think. It will be only if you dwell on it that, that, that that's where your emotions become heightened because you'll realize you can talk to these people. Who are these uh, people? Other your, your friends here. Sorry, your friends oh. that are still here. Mm-hmm. Just like with uh, my parents or this, when I first moved, they said, "Oh, this is crazy. You can't go to this country. You can't go to this country." But all in all, we talked essentially just as much, whether it was more because of texting or emails than it was direct voice contact, and we saw each other probably the same amount. If I lived in Houston or L.A. or wherever so you'll find that if anything it pokes the holes in your bad relationships with people friends or whoever and it strengthens the ones that probably should be strengthened so the friends that really really matter you find you talk to a whole lot more and the ones that maybe weren't that important you're such no i just mean like uh for both parties Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe you didn't have as strong of a bond or one of you didn't support the other one the same you find that that deteriorates down to just a a quick like how are you yeah i i also think that that's a part of life that's not even though i'll miss my girlfriends and like my brothers and everything and my family that's not what scares me it's the meeting new people and making new friends finding my own tribe so to speak does that make sense yeah and this is where we're ebony and ivory i don't oh god i mean this is (laughs) where we're we're always going to be different and that's there's nothing wrong with either version for me it's a, a scary excitement for you it's a scary detriment like for me i say man we have this opportunity to like refresh clean the slate meet these new people 
like trash some of these old bad friends and get oh some new ones. Oh my gosh. I didn't say all of my friends are No, bad. I'm excited about meeting new people, That's especially people part. from different cultures. It's what so I'm what I'm apprehensive about is meeting other women that are like me. But you don't as much meet as I like you. well, I, I get that. I and I agree with you to a certain extent. Yes, I want to meet people that I can learn and grow with, and you know we're both having fun with. But there are some core things about me that are innate with all of my girlfriends, right? I understand you, that, right? So, you know, you introduce me to your coworker's wife who they have two kids and her whole life revolves around her two kids and children and taking them to soccer and baking all the cookies and making sure they're in all the events and doing DIY projects at home and, you know, making sure they don't have screen time and knitting and painting tiles. That's not me. Like, that will never be me. I get that. That's more of a U.S. thing. What do you mean? Uh, Soccer practice and baking cookies, all that stuff. It's just different... uh... I think you'll be surprised. You've hung out with, even here, some of my, I don't know the best way to put it, be- like better work friends that, you know, are on like a, you know, just, uh, they're pretty smart, pretty up to it, pretty hip. Um, they know about politics, so they know about whatever, and uh, you've sat with them, and you, I remember you telling me, you said, Wow, it's really nice to be challenged and to to have some of these conversations. It's nice. Yeah. That's not to say you can't have them with your friends or anyone, but you liked that. And ultimately, in one to one and a half months, I can tell you about four people I really like, Mm -hmm. of whom wives and no. Go ahead. I didn't say a word. I don't know. You're just shaking your head. Go so. ahead. Finish Finish your statement. Of whom some of them don't even have kids. So it's not just about kids. But I, I have a Lebanese friend and his wife. I have an Indonesian friend, his wife. I have a few. And it would think, like, think about how interesting. Just how interesting like it would be. Like a lot to learn from I every culture. I am excited about all of that, meeting people from different walks of life, that fascinates me, and I welcome that. And I just want to say, it's not that I'm opposed to being friends with women who have children. 90% of my friends, my girlfriends, have kids. I'm talking about, and I think some of you ladies out there know what I'm talking about. There are those, quote-unquote, like super moms who their whole lives revolve around their kids and that family unit. And that's just not who I am at the crux of it. Like I feel confident in saying, you know, I can't wait to have kids and I look forward to being a mom, but I'm also not going to give up who I am as a person and the things that I love to do. Now, will I have to scale some things back? Of course, because I have kids. But if some woman's sole identity is her children are just taking care of her husband, we're not going to get along. I'm not going to like them, whether they have kids or not. I'm I'm not into that. I'm my own person and woman. I like to drink and dance and have a good time. So I'm looking forward to meeting people from other cultures and walks of life who also can talk about serious issues and current events and politics and 
and, and religion and things of that nature, but who also can cut loose and have fun and enjoy themselves and not take themselves too seriously. That's where I am feeling apprehensive. And I understand that. And I, I'm optimistic that you'll be surprised because just given the nature of the women that link themselves to these men or some of the women that I work with. You work with women? Yeah, there's women that work there. You didn't tell me that. Yep, I did. I no, because I've be asked you. They can be in the field. They huh? can be in the office. Um, I asked that because it's Saudi Arabia, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. They just started to allow some women to go to the field, but they're allowed in the office. Uh, but the long and the short is, uh, if you've if you've uh, par partaken partook into this, Ugh. I am. Yeah, I'm an engineer. I'm not a linguist. But if you have engaged that's so much better. Either with a husband, a wife, or whomever into this type of career, generally I personally think you're you're probably pretty flexible and dynamic to where you you're just uh you're willing to learn, you're willing to adapt. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh that type of person is generally pretty flexible. Um you're not going to find, I, I, I'll take that back. You could find, but I don't think you'll find this stereotypical soccer mom you're talking about because they generally won't leave their comfort zone because that's where they're in control. Right, and there, I mean, some of the women that I've talked to who live in the Middle East have told me about those women in the compounds where they hardly ever, if ever, leave the compound to experience things or do anything. That is not something I'm looking to do. I do want to leave the compound from time to time. One of the first things on my priority list when I get there is finding a class that I can take once a week to learn about the culture and to start to learn Arabic. So I'm trying to, you know, that's already my plan is to become familiar, meet new people and experience new things. Yeah. Fuck those women. I, oh my gosh. We don't need them. Like, well, we'll find people that do want to leave the company, do want to experience things. But you know... My tribe, like I said you earlier. You know, as well as I know, I don't like those people generally Who either. are those people? Oh. Those people that are very complacent, that are just, you know, cookie cutter, stay in their own comfort zones, uh, don't want to experience, don't want to talk, uh, very prima donna. I'm, that, that's not my type anyway. So I definitely... It doesn't mean because I like a guy and his wife that you'll definitely like them as well. But I'm at the same time, I, I, I generally don't associate with uh, like non-go-getters and people that want to sit around and discuss how great and important they are and how their kids are doing so amazing in school. Like, I don't care about all that. I hear you, and I kind of just want to wrap this whole part of it up. I just feel like you have a tendency to almost make play dates for me with other wives of husbands that you work with. And you know, I, I just, I don't like that. Cause I feel like it adds, I already have anxiety. So when you tell me something like that, like, Oh, I met so-and-so's wife and I told her about you and she can't wait to meet you. And I told her y'all get along immediately. I start feeling anxious and overwhelmed because I feel like there's this pressure. Now I have to meet this person and I have to spend time with them and nine times out of ten, I just feel like I'm probably not even going to like them. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I think that's a bad attitude. That you're that's not, not- going to like them because you don't even know them. Oh, second gosh. of you all. You know what I mean. Right. But second of all, I-, I don't think I've ever committed you to anything. But you also can't tell me you're afraid that you won't meet people. And then I tell you, hey, there's some people you should meet. And then you turn around and say, it makes me anxious that you're trying to introduce me to people. But then you're also anxious about not meeting people. So you kind of got to pick one or the other. Because well, it feels forced, right? I feel obligated to now spend time with this person and talk to this person. You're right. I'm going to be living on this compound. But guess what I'm going to be doing on the compound? I'm going to be on the compound alone, experiencing things on this compound alone while you're working. So just from that, I'm going to start meeting people, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I promise you, I'm not going to introduce you to anyone that I honestly don't think personally is vetted that you'd want to meet. This has worked out so well for you in the past. Okay. Can you, can you name a few people? I'm not, I'm not doing that. Okay. You already know. I don't. And I'm not doing that. I can't imagine all these play dates I was setting up. I don't remember many of them, but anyway. Should be interesting because we'll, we'll be recording over there in Saudi too. So, hmm. You enjoyed this, this app. Got ready for some, <laughs> some future content. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be epic, big, huge. It's going to be KSA big. We keep saying that. KSA is? The kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay. So We're going to have a good time. Same like USA. KSA. Not the same so like I'm USA. <laughs> not the same like USA. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not like it's super hip for me to say KSA. But I feel like it is, and I've... Not, I feel like you're being call it. almost KSA. a douchebag. Like, KSA. KSA. You know, I, I okay. live in KSA. I remember what she said about rewinding KSA. this back before. Oh, man. KSA. She'll rewind this back and be like, well, it is KSA. Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. United you know what, States of America. You know what the most same people... exact thing. You know what most people say or news articles or even news clips that you hear? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Cool. Well, when we go there, you'll see, and you'll say, oh, yeah, yeah. It's bad. I've been, I've been in KSA like six months. I'm really enjoying blah, blah, blah. And then you know what I'll do? I'll say, look who's a douchebag now. We can be douchebags in love. So you've already admitted you will become a douchebag. I did not say I was, we'd become a douchebag. I, I will never be a douchebag. So, so are you excited to have joined me on my podcast? Yeah, I had a good time. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Would you do it again? I would do it again. Uh, contractually, I think I signed a uh, signed a paperwork for a four-episode uh, deal. So This is your second, then. And You've I got already a, done one. I got a signing bonus, so I, I think I just you had You got it. a sign. It was a pretty awesome signing bonus. That, that was a wink with a sly look with a shimmy and a shake of the shoulders and titties yes she's implying sexual favors <laughs> um so yeah so i i think we got a few episodes coming up and I, I i enjoy it i think uh i think it's as much therapeutic as it is we have a we generally can have a good time talking and and i ah, personally i think it can be quite humorous but 
we're gonna work we're gonna work on your presence you know on the microphone oh jesus and because you this is real, how you tell people you, that are your guests you critique them at the end of the interview live <laughs> That's what you do. Like, this is when you cut the microphone off. You tell them, hey, here's what you should do better. Instead, you want to make sure everyone knows, like, hey, you shitty with your head movements. You shitty with your tics. You dusty. So, anyway. I'm I just think, you know, sorry I, that I, I was not planning. a professional. No, I was I not I was planning on. Good. It was not planning on critiquing you at the end of the podcast. It just sort of came out. But I also think this is just a real representation of how we are with each other. So, you know. Yeah, we, we generally don't sit with the microphones in front of no, us. No, I'm talking about me critiquing you and you not liking the fact that I was critiquing you about being on the microphone for the first time. I think I was pretty good. You were amazing, babe. You were <laughs> You are a rock star on the mic. You're a natural. She said to me... That was better than every other person that she had on the show. So, uh, But I think I was pretty good. So anyway, thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, come back. Check us out again. Steven's here for another few days. So the next episode will be, you know, a duo, right? A tag team of sorts, if uh, you will. Uh, probably not the best term. Tag team? Yeah. We're going to tag team this shit. Okay, let's put some disclaimers in quick. You've been listening to Frankly with Faith. You've been listening to Frankly with Faith. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and like. I welcome interaction, so feel free to shoot me a message with questions, tidbits, and stories. You can email me at franklywithfaith at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at frankly underscore with faith and check out the website at www.franklywithfaith.com. Remember to tune in next week for another Frankly with Faith delight.